Welcome to the Unhustle Podcast. In this podcast, we stand up to hustle culture, business, overwhelm, stress, always on mentality, and life in the fast lane. I'm Milena Rigos, and I'm your host today. We believe in challenging hustle culture and status quo. We believe in a new way of living. With this podcast, we hope to help you make a change, find the courage, shift your perspective, and transform your life. We have conversations with top leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, and people who have made a change in their life. It's our goal to inspire you, motivate you, and challenge you to unhustle, claim back your time, get clear on your priorities, connect with your heart, focus on you, and live a happier, healthier, more balanced, and more fulfilling life. Thank you for joining us. Now listen to today's show. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing Andy DeMille. Andy is an entrepreneur by heart. He was uh, involved with computing management. He helped co-found CoachNow. And then he got involved in a devastating car accident, which transformed completely his life. He has found yoga, meditation, and breath work and teaches people how to beat stress and busyness by using these techniques. Here's Andy. Hi, Andrew. I'm so excited that you had time to join me today on the Unhustle podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here, Milena. I can't believe your life story. I know you and I chatted last week a little bit about that. So I want you to take us back to that moment where you basically decided something has to change. So why don't you give us the story? Mm. Yeah, it was a, it was a fateful car accident that presented the road, the fork in the road of my life. And I think it's important to rewind though. So to, to, to get to that point, you know, I was, I was in software sales out of college and, and learned to be good at that. It was the first time I got my first iPhone the first week I thought it was really cool. And then a few months in, I was ready to spike it into the, the concrete because it started to run my life. But anyhow, we'll, we'll park that for now. Uh, I, I started a software company uh, with a couple of other close friends called, it's now called Coach Now. It was originally called Edufy. It was all about connecting coaches and athletes and helping them to perform better from anywhere, anytime. And one of the most exciting, invigorating, uh, challenging times in my life. And there's a number of occasions that led up to, you know, that car accident that became the fork in the road of my life. But it was the stress of having millions of dollars of money from investors that wasn't my own. I'm not trained as a, you know, I'm MBA, but I was doing financial forecasting one day. And this is the first moment I realized that something wasn't right. (laughs) Total panic attack. So I'm trying to get these spreadsheets together for, uh, for an investor meeting and it felt like I was having a heart attack. I was on the floor. I couldn't get up. And, uh, that was one of the first moments I'm like, uh, something's not right here, but I still per- persevered. Right. Right. <laughs> and so without belaboring it too much, it, it, it became this, this very challenging time. I loved it and it became all consuming in terms of running the startup company. And I was passionate about it. It was, my identity was wrapped up in it. Uh, I lost a girlfriend in the process because I felt like she wasn't supportive. And looking back, it's very clear that I just simply wasn't present. 
but ultimately it was, it was March 5th of 2015. I was traveling down to an important sales call. I was on the freeway near Los Angeles and I ended up getting rear-ended at 55 on the freeway. And, uh, yeah. So I had whiplash and concussive syndrome, post-concussive syndrome. And doctor ordered me off of work, which for those of us that have been in that <laughs> grind it out, get it done, never stop mentality, off the phone, can't be on the computer, not even any video games or TV. And I was devastated. Uh, was in deep depression, terrible anxiety, couldn't focus. And uh, I bumped into a friend of mine a few weeks after the accident. All I could do was kind of walk around the neighborhood drinking coffee. And it was on the bluff of Shell Beach overlooking the ocean. And she goes, you're not in a good way. And I'd recommend you learn meditation. I'm like, meditation. Yeah. <laughs> meditation. Meditation. So did you take her up on it? I did. And the experience of, so th this was transcendental meditation. Obviously there's many types of, of meditation, but they asked me to show up. This is hilarious. I, I'll never forget it. I'm walking up to this little white picket fence and my job was to show up to learn how to meditate with three pieces of organic fruit, fresh cut flowers and a white handkerchief. And I paused at that gate and I'm like, this is ridiculous. What am I doing? Um, anyway, I, I went through with it. And at first I'm like, oh, okay, this doesn't seem like much, but it was 17 days into meditating where all of a sudden it was like the clouds parted and I had this sense of clarity. And it was that my role in the startup company was complete. It was time for me to resign and I wanted to become a yoga teacher and a massage therapist. And that was, that was that fork and that, that led to this change. Interesting. So did that um, clarity came during a meditation or after meditation in the process? I mean, I'm kind of, so you basically got a little more grounded in your value, so to speak, but I'm interested. Yeah. Was it during the meditation or it was, it was during the meditation. Yeah. I actually had this uh, for those, people out there that maybe haven't had some sort of a, call it a spiritual experience. This is going to sound absolutely crazy, but that's all right. We'll share it anyway. So I was sitting in meditation on the 17th day of practicing transcendental meditation. And all of a sudden it, I saw this, uh, this white glowing butterfly land on my third eye and it was opening and closing its wings to my breath. And somehow this message came to me that it was like, okay, time to resign. This is your new direction. So, Okay, so what did you do after the <laughs> white butterfly experience? Did you right? continue with meditation or no? Yeah, I did. And uh, I, I resigned and I was in PT for about six months from the accident. And so I had a lot of time to just be in my, be in my practice, practice meditating, a lot of time at the beach. Um, I was so lucky to live where I did. The ocean was just like my refuge. I would go down there every single day and just spend time with the water and the waves and um, continue to dive into the meditation practice. But six months after that, I flew off to Thailand and Bali to study massage. And I closed my laptop. So I'd ordered off of work. This is a little bit of a rewind. I ended up closing my laptop for almost two years and turning off all the notifications on my phone because I had literally been working 24 hours a day because I would just flip the switch on the side, but it would still vibrate at all hours of the day. Um, that was a really, really important moment too, deciding to change the amount of inbound stuff coming at me. 
And so mm-hmm. I went off to, went off to Thailand and Bali and, and studied massage and practiced yoga and just kind of stepped into this, this new path. Okay. So this was 2015, you said, yeah? Yeah. At this point it was, yeah. And tail end of 2015. Okay. So, so then you, um, somehow you decided to move to Lake Tahoe. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and now what do you, what do you do now? So at this point I've, I've been coaching and teaching and bringing massage therapy, yoga, sound healing, meditation. I've, I've been trained in uh, breath for facilitation, which is incredibly powerful. I know you have experience with that. Uh, some of the most powerful experiences of my life through that work. And, and yeah, and just actually yesterday, I got this amazing opportunity to bring this type of work. I call it ancient wisdom, the crush modern life. Mm-hmm. And I brought it to a group of firefighters down in Reno, Nevada. And so it's become this, I mean, yesterday, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think a lot of us, myself included, I got into yoga and this kind of, um, this unhustled life in your, in your terms, right. Mm-hmm. For my own needs, I was in a really rough place. I was in a very dark place. And yesterday bringing this to firefighters who had gone through tremendous trauma, post-traumatic stress, a suicide of a friend, terrible depression, all of these really, really real challenges. I realized that our practice is so much more than ourselves. And so when we do this introspective time, and we give ourselves the space to be a human being again, not just a human doing, it really truly can present itself as an opportunity for others. Oh, um, yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. I mean, that's kind of why, why Anhasa was born in the first place, you know, it's, yeah. in, it's what, what you're doing. It's not, it's not something we do for us, because if it was something we do for us, we would just do it for us and, and continue on with our high-paid professional jobs of sorts. Totally. But we've decided not to and, and create more of a vessel for people to get on board with that message. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's just about, and, and I think oftentimes it takes a, a great deal of pain or discomfort or a, a tragic moment to help us to realize that it's time to do something different. It's time yep. to not have work be the, the center of our universe. Right. Um, we can be passionate about it and we can be dedicated to it and we can bring our livelihood through it. But if it's coming at the expense of our own well-being, it's only so long till it becomes the priority out of necessity. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and so the, then the question becomes, had the accident not occurred, mm. where would you be now? It is such a good question. I, I, I've thought about it before and... I really don't know. And I, I mean, I think it would have just been another event that maybe would have been, you know, this, the, the car accident was kind of like a, a two by four upside the head. Maybe it would have been a four by four next time. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, we look back and I think all we can do is, is kind of connect the dots looking back and see that some of these events that in the moment are not fun and hurt can lead us into a new, a new trajectory. Uh, so what would you say to uh, <laughs> what would you say to like uh, hustling, busy, overwhelmed um, entrepreneurs, uh, business professionals? You know, people who have their jobs and are passionate about what they're doing, and you know, they do find fulfillment and joy in what they're doing. 
but perhaps they're working too many hours or perhaps mm -hmm. they're you know they're, they're not taking care of themselves so do you have some some advice for these people from your based on your experience i think the thing is without some sort of a regular introspective practice call it yoga i view that as a very umbrella term do you really know that that's how you want to be spending your life consumed with your work are you present to your relationship? Maybe it's a husband or a wife or a kid, you know? Um, I just don't think that as humans, we have access to what is really, truly real and what is really, truly of the most importance to ourselves without something like that. So I just, I just encourage everybody to explore different modalities in the health and wellness yoga, at yoga-esque space and see if there's something that resonates with them because Without it, I just think that it's, um, we're making decisions from this, that, that, that beta mind state and from the productive mind state and all those things are important, but there's so much more underneath it that I would argue you probably don't have full access to without a practice like yoga. Yeah, I mean, really well said. Um, the intelligence of the body is, is amazing and we're tapping, you know, we would, we're using our heads to think and make decisions and i think our heads and minds are a great tool to, tool but it's a tool yeah. you know we we can make so much better decisions if we use all of our body and to tap into that body like breath work is important and yoga is important some kind of mindful movement that connects the mind and the body is important mm -hmm. so um that, that's a that's a really good point um what else would you recommend to somebody who is you know, working crazy long hours and um, perhaps he's putting a financial um, stability first or taking care of family, which is, which is an absolutely legitimate concern. Um, no doubt. And without a doubt, is is a, a good reason to work and work hard. Um, but not too many guys would actually be open to even the option of like doing yoga. Right. So yeah, everybody's got their false beliefs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not flexible enough or, you know, I, I can't calm my mind or whatever it is. Right. Everybody's got their own excuse, but uh, I mean, maybe, maybe ask the people closest to you maybe have an honest and real conversation about how, if it was me asking, how am I showing up? Am I, totally present with you how you desire me to be in in your life maybe that's a conversation with a son or a daughter and i see people switch and make a big change when dad's rushing out the door and then their son looks at them and says hey dad can you come to baseball today or like you know whatever they're interested in and dad's rushing out and so sometimes those moments or i had another uh another client that i i talk about it's a little crass but i, call, I talk about making your phone your bitch and i say that with a lot of love, but I say that to be in your face enough to go, who's running who here? And I had this client say that when I mentioned that to her and I had this morning routine that I encouraged she start, she goes, oh my God, every single day for as long as I can remember, I've been on my phone when my husband left for work for the day. And she brought this up to him and he said, I've been meaning to have a real conversation with you about this. I just didn't know where to start. So if we can be the ones to initiate it, sometimes others are a great reflection back to us and that can help us to reevaluate what is real and what is most important. So. Right, right. 
And since you brought up morning routine, um, and I believe we share very similar um, yeah. <laughs> morning routines, let's dive into your morning routine. Let's talk about that. What, what, yeah. What are you know some of the some of the key things that you recommend people do? For sure, I think the very most important thing that I've learned over this whole process is to not start the day reacting to some outside stimulus, particularly our phones. I just don't. I I, I do not believe it's possible to live a good life and to be operating from, from your heart when you react to your phone first thing. It's horrible. And I did it for years and I, I worked for 24 hours a day, right? You and so I, I both, the, brother. Yeah, right? You and I both, yeah. Oh and we've my seen the other side. <laughs> right? And, yeah. and uh, you know, anyway, so that, that's, I think, the most important thing. If, if that's the habit, just give it a try. First 15 minutes, leave it on silent or airplane mode, whatever you want to do. Uh, make sure to hydrate. So have a glass of water, have a nice full glass of water before anything else. And then from there, I always like to just get a little movement in. So it could just be even something as simple as 10 breaths, 100 jumping jacks, some push-ups, squats, whatever, but just bringing some life into the body. And then I like to sit quietly for a period of time. So if I'm really, you know, just the bare bones version is just to sit quietly for 10 breaths. Maybe it's a 10 minute meditation. Maybe it's just 10 breaths, right? Uh, but that just helps to, again, it's, it's that big switch from being reactive to being intentional. And that's what my morning routine is all about. Uh, from there, I usually will make a cup of coffee. I love coffee, uh, sometimes bulletproof coffee, which I know you're a big fan of. <laughs> and I do my best to just be with my cup of coffee. So it's not multitasking. It's not doing multiple things. It's just enjoying the cup of coffee. And then from there, I, I like to take uh, vitamin D3 and CBD. I think that's incredibly helpful. We live up in the mountains, so D, vitamin D and sunlight is super important. If you can get outside, that's huge. Um, ideally, you'd get sweaty in the morning too, but I'm just kind of making the, the bare bones version <laughs> of the morning routine. And then I always like to write down the, the most important thing that I can do for the day to just be of service. It could be something that I know that I need for myself to allow myself to show up or to do something for somebody else. And I just write one very simple thing down and I do my very best to accomplish that. So. Wow. I mean, it's amazing. These are all unhustle practices that, that are having the unhustle morning uh, right. routine. So we're, we're very, very aligned in what we're thinking um, a good morning involves. Yeah. But what do you say to the people who have the kids running around, you know, have the point, 2.3 cats and four dogs and all that chaos. Right. Um, what, what's the, what does their morning look like? You know, I, I don't know what it's like because I'm not a parent, but my, my suggestion is to stick with the first step, which is to not, to not be reactive to the phone first thing. See how that if, that, if that's the case, see how that changes the family dynamic. Because what, what, what are we telling our children if we're on our phones and they're in our presence? Who's more important? Right. Why are the kids obsessed with the phones? It's because the parents are. The, the phone's more important than the kid. Yeah. Right? That's what we're saying implicitly. So I, that's where I would start. Uh, and, then, and then I would just say, really be mindful of our breath. I, you know, people will say, live life one day at a time. It is way too long to recalibrate. Right? So my motto is one breath at a time. And if we find ourselves getting overwhelmed, distracted, or not being present, yep. <laughs> come back to it. And we always got it with us. So that, that, that'd be my suggestion. It's, it's so simple. It seems silly, 
you know, it seems it's silly, the best biohack ever, bread work. <laughs> Right? But, you know, we, we spend thousands of dollars, well, I don't, but people spend thousands of dollars on gadgets and supplements and all this crazy stuff. And I still think we already have everything we need. We just need to pay more attention and take yeah. and be more intentional, like you said, with how we spend our time. You know, if it's totally. beautiful sunny outside like today, take 15 minutes outside, soak up some sunshine. Maybe you don't even need vitamin D. I don't know if you're deficient in vitamin D or not, but um, I know a lot of people are. So, yeah. so it's it's a good idea. It just I would suggest before taking any supplements, you know, make sure you're you're first deficient before you're taking it, right? Because sure. marketing does crazy things even with supplements. So. We start taking all these vitamins and all that stuff that you're just creating expensive, expensive. Urine. Placebo is powerful too, right? So, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, where can people? Um, you're in Tahoe. You're in Truckee, yeah. Yeah, I'm in Truckee, California, at the moment. Yep. So, um, I had a question for you. What are you curious about right now? What am I curious about right now? You know, one of the things I actually have been fascinated with recently is is exactly what you mentioned with with supplements. I'm constantly wondering, you know, how about you know, what about lion's mane for focus, and what about you know, cordyceps for immunity, and you know, all of these things. And I think the reality is is that we don't have a very accessible way to to make it objective. It's getting more and more with the quantified self. So all these self measuring tools are amazing. But I've just been wondering like how to how to optimize the variables that are in my control. And is there variables that could be more in my control and have them more visible to myself so that I can calibrate before there's an issue? And I think that that goes right into, you know, the busy the busy family scenario that you were just mentioning a moment ago is it's it's the most selfless thing that we can selfless thing that we can do to carve out time for ourselves. I mean, if it's excessive, that's one thing. But if you're a busy, overwhelmed parent and you don't take 10 breaths to yourself while you're in the shower, whatever, you know, we got to carve out some time for ourselves. Uh, but I'm, I'm really intrigued with how we can put in the right things into our body and know what's working for us with our own unique makeup and be able to calibrate that in a really easy way. So. Oh. I mean, there's, certainly there's ways to test some of this stuff, but my suggestion on that would be just to try it out and see how you feel. Yeah, totally. You know, and, and just try one thing at a time so you can eliminate what was it there, what was it that, right? But um, I, I don't, you know, I do like bulletproof coffee, but in general, I don't like coffee. Mm. And I only started drinking bulletproof because it's it doesn't give me that coffee acidity and that and right. that spike it's about the only coffee i can drink um i just tried laird's coffee and i do oh, not like it so don't i like it okay i don't like it so I, and i know it's another high really high quality coffee so i you know i'm not saying bulletproof is the only way to go by any means but um but i think that's a good indication for me right you, you try something and you like it or you don't like it and everybody's going to be so different right and then, and then being, being willing to reevaluate too, you know, is this, does this still work for me? You know, whether that's drinking margaritas at night or, you know, having, yeah. having a couple glasses of wine and like, is that worthwhile? Just being willing to step back and just almost like a third party looking at how are we feeling? Is this still serving me? And 
and just being more objective with ourselves because a lot of this just becomes habitual and we're we're disconnected from how it's impacting us sometimes so well, I think we're disconnected a lot from our awareness and how we feel because we're so busy and it's like rush, 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 rush. And yeah, you have a couple of wines in the evening. I know it affects me big time. So mm -hmm. I try to, you know, if I'm going to have wine, I try to do it like Friday night, Saturday night, because I know I'm not going to be as clear minded. I know it kills my intuition. I know it kills my creativity. So I know it affects me. But um, 20 years ago, you know, I like to drink more. So <laughs> and your Fair. body changes, your priorities change. Um, I just like to wake up clear, have it. I like to have my energy. I like to be able to get a workout in, you know, all these things. So yeah, being, being um, aware. And again, going back to that, listening to your body, what is your body telling you? Right. And, 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 and the thing is, if we don't have that pause to, to look at it, we don't know the difference. So if you're, you know, I, I speak for myself, there was definitely a phase in my life where I would have a couple beers or a cocktail or two or whatever. And I didn't know what it was like to wake up without having that the night before. Yeah. And how, how, how would we, right? So just giving ourselves the ability to, to just pause and go, is it different? Do I like this more? Right. And yeah. then making an informed choice, but to exactly. just the, the challenge with the hustle and the overly productive and the go, 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 we can do it for a while and it can be great monetarily. It can be great for career advancement. It can be great for providing. There's so many good things that can come from it, but at a certain point, we're not listening to our body. We don't know how our decisions are affecting us. And eventually we start to break down. So, yeah, it's basically not sustainable because you and I have experienced it. Um, I used to work crazy long hours and you definitely put yourself last. You go, yeah, that workout, I'll get it in tomorrow. I'll get it on the weekend. Your sleep starts to, to go sideways you're definitely not eating well because you grab and go and whatever you can grab so you can get a one more email answered. So it, it starts to affect your well-being. Which brings me to the next question. Well, <laughs> having, been, having been now on the, on the um, crazy busy side, do, 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 do more, 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 more. And now having stepped out of that and, and you live in a pretty peaceful place in Truckee, you're pretty connected with who you are as a person. The question is, how do you define success for yourself? Mm, love it. Such a good question. I define success for myself as my ability to first and foremost prioritize myself from a selfless place because when I do, I can show up for everybody around me. And it's so interesting to see what's happened in this shift because I left a, I left a life selling software and I got really good at it. So I was the MVP of sales and I made good money. And then being a software founder, there's a phase that was tough financially, but then we made good money. And it's so interesting to have the roles flip and be in this place where I've been, you know, from humble income, teaching yoga, massage, right? And yet there's this magnetic attraction of people who are very successful financially on paper. And they look at me somehow and they're like, wow, you got like, what, you figured something out. Like, what, what do you got that I that I don't, Some, they're curious. And so it's so interesting how doing the, the, the self first and to prioritize yourself, and even if it does mean for a period of time that financially I took a, I took a big cut, it's, to, it's created this, this polarity and this magnetism for people who are really struggling but have been successful financially and on paper. And so, I just find it incredibly humbling 
that that's the case and it seems to keep coming out and I, I almost find it laughable. I'm like, I don't have life figured out. Not at all. You know, I'm just, I'm just doing my best. And I, I like to use these, these ancient practices and they help. But I think that's, you know, that's success. The success is creating that intrigue that is drawing people who would otherwise not be attracted to yoga and meditation and these, these really basic things, mindfulness, coming into the breath, like all the basic things that we're talking about, all the unhustle methodology. So it's embodying that. And then drawing people into it and they don't even know why and i don't totally know why but it's real yeah yeah excellent that is very well said and as you know as we talked last week um you know i'm feeling i'm feeling the same things you know i i stepped down from a a, a award-winning digital marketing agency which i founded and Mm -hmm. had so many people working for and had amazing clients with it and started and hustle and it's very humbling and it's like all right but this is what when you get grounded in your values and your purpose and it makes you happy every day i think that humbling experience um, is actually makes me really happy every day too i love it i love that you're always showing up with a big smile you know (laughs) and and then just keeping the faith that 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 us bringing this value and bringing this message of we're not telling you to stop working we're not telling you to you know, to not pursue your passion or not to be an entrepreneur, not at all. It's just, it's just a little tweak in awareness. And it's, it's a tweak from reactivity to intention and continually coming back to that and recognizing that it's a lifelong path. It's not like some end goal that when we arrive at some stage, then we're going to be all happy. It's, we're just simply committed to continually coming back into the present and in the present, then we're not distracted or anxious about the future, letting go of the stories of the past. So Exactly. I, th- I think I appreciate being present, you for doing what you're doing so much. Oh, thank you. Uh, I think being present is, is part of it. I think the other part, um, at least what I'm trying to tell people is that um, you don't have to work 120 hours a week. That's, that's crazy. It's inhumane. It's not sustainable. If you can't get your work done in 40 hours a week, you're doing something wrong. Right. Whether, whether that's, you know, spending, spending too much time in meetings, um, unnecessary processes, unrealistic goals, something is not right because you know in your case you're in a car accident not not your fault but in other cases there have been worst aha moments that i've talked to that are you know what's the point of it though at the end of the day you only have one life to live and why not live the good life now and what are you waiting for right well and and i think and and to, to, to to drill down to something very specific some people think that they're good at multitasking and maybe they are better than somebody else. But as humans, we're not good multitaskers. Okay. And so I would recommend if you're probably familiar with the Pomodoro technique, it's amazing, right? So decide on one thing that we're going to do, write it down, put a timer, ideally not have your phone there because we're like 10, 15% less smart is one nice way to say it. If we have our phone present and we just focus on doing one thing, And you do that one task or nothing at all, your choice. But the reality is we can really get a lot more done and be a lot more productive when we carve out time for very specific things as opposed to just doing it all at once. And I can relate to that state of overwhelm. It's not fun. Yeah, and there's something to be said about having that deadline because um, there's that time elasticity. So if you have um, a project to work on and you don't have a deadline, you you could do it in an hour, you can do it in three days. 
Yep. Sometimes, you know, there's something to be said to that, to that, having to that deadline. And the other thing is, you know, working in, in flow. I mean, I try to do everything possible. So I work in, in the flow. And I do the Pomodoro techniques sometimes. Sometimes I, I need a longer time period. So I'm, I'm right. pretty good at like, you know, 60 minutes or an hour and a half. That's impressive. Stretch. And then I can take a break and take 20 minutes break. But um, whatever, you know, I think you have to try it out just like with the supplements. You have to try it out. You have to see what works for you. It depends on the project too. But sometimes, you know, if I'm writing or something and I'm in that flow, then I don't want to stop at 25 minutes or 29 minutes. I hear so, you. Again, it depends. It's a great on place to start, though. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. I, and I really like that. I like the uh, the angle of you either do the one thing that you've decided to do, or you don't do anything. So it's not like you can do this thing or the other million things. You got to decide <laughs> what are you going to work on. And if you're not going to do that thing, then you just get to hang out for a while. <laughs> That's my little <laughs> cheat. Yeah, it's a good one. So, uh, where do you see yourself in, let's say, three to five years? Oh man, That's, I, was, I was wondering if that one was going to come up. You know, I know our unprompted interviews, no questions ahead of time. <laughs> I, I, I love it though, because it's where I see myself in three to five years. You know, this has been a process to really step into this. Just the event just yesterday with the firefighters and showing up and uh, I'll share a really specific story with that because it, it just helps and encourage me to continue. There was somebody that was there that shared with me that, they have had such debilitating anxiety for the last couple of weeks. They've only been able to eat chicken broth so bad. So that there's been tendency towards suicidal ideation. And this person came up to me at the end and he said that he finally feels like he has some hope because he got some reprieve in our time together that day. How cool. And I say that to say that I just, if I could do that every day of my life over the next three to five years, and perhaps on a larger, larger scale, I mean, I, it, it, these things of yoga and unhustle literally can become life and death. And I don't want to bring it down to some low, dark place. But the reality is, is that we experience the highs and the love and the joy based on the contrast of what the opposite could be. Yeah. And in certain situations, it's life and death. And so with this work, it just gives me, gives me hope that I can continue to show up for people and uh you know address my own needs so that i can continue to create that magnetism even more so and continue to provide that hope provide that break in the anxiety uh maybe even steer somebody clear from taking their own life i mean it really can be that profound so over the next three to five years i just envision myself continuing to to do more and more of this uh staying humble in the process and learning as i go and just showing up for myself so that I can show up for beautiful people like yourself and everybody else. I love it. I love it. I think it's a great, uh, great mission. And, uh, you know, staying humble is, is, a, is a big takeaway. You know, we're not trying to save the world here. There's, there's a lot of people trying to save the world. We're just trying to perhaps impact a few lives that um, we see the same challenges we've walked and maybe inspire them to, to make a change in their lives. Totally. And we just, we just never know. We just never know how it's going to land with people and, and what a moment that we might have not have really realized the gravity of can really, can really be the inflection point for somebody. So yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting times. And I feel like there's really a real renaissance around it. You know, a yoga is huge now. And, and even in the West, I mean, there's such a fascination with the physical practice and the sweaty yoga. And that's great because we get all sorts of benefits from doing that. But that's just like the tip of the iceberg. 
And I feel like now there's so much more coming into it, a lot more depth coming into it and more people realizing that there's so much more to yoga and these ancient practices that have been kind of buried for a long time. So I feel like we're, we're alive at a really exciting time because a lot of people are reevaluating even, you know, there's people that are love their work and they're obsessed with it and they're overworking. And there's probably orders of magnitude more people who are doing unfulfilling work and overly stimulated and overly hustling in their work. So <laughs> for those people, I say like, use these tools to, to maybe find out what is more real and what really makes, you know, makes you whole and what makes, what, what resonates with your, with your heart and your real calling and your real passion. Nice. Well said. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Me too. I think that's why we're here, right? <laughs> that's why we're here. <laughs> All right. So where can people get in touch with you? So I've got a morning routine that you can download at crushmodernlife.com. So that's the, the best place to, to get a little tidbit here is just to go there and drop in your email. I'll automatically send out that morning routine. And then I also run challenges to help you implement it and bring some of the strategies throughout the day. So yeah, if you want to contact me direct, Andy at crushmodernlife.com. Thank you so much, Andy. It's been a pleasure. And uh, thank you so much for your time. I know everybody's uh, rush, 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 especially around the holiday time yeah. period, which we're in right now recording this interview. So I appreciate you taking the time. And I really look forward to uh, connecting when you're down the road and seeing what, um, what we can do together. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on and thank you for, for taking a stand against uh, the hustle culture so that people can live their best lives and enjoy the process. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. You too. Bye, Melena. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Unhustle podcast, a place where we have real unedited conversations with inspiring people. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion. Connect with us at unhustle.com. And sign up for our email newsletter so we can send you more tips to live on hustle. If you know someone who needs to be on this podcast as a guest, let us know. Share this podcast with a friend and leave a review to help more people find it. We're counting on you to tell people about the Unhustle movement, a new way of living. We look forward to hearing your story and how we helped you change your life.